We should record something about the uh, writer's strike that I can put in the episode that will come out next. Uh, yeah. Just like solidarity, etc. Yeah, oh yeah, no. Solidarity with all people's working <laughs> we in We gotta this bust medium. that shit up. I need Listen, my dang treats. <laughs> I I uh, I hope that they break David Zaslav's <laughs> fucking uh, long sensor sound. <laughs> <laughs> Again, no. there's been no more damning way to approach all of this than the person who said uh, AMC was made by Breaking Bad and, you know, writers made Breaking Bad and, uh, and Mad Men and that made AMC. FX was made by writers who made The Shield. When you let the create, when you let uh, the, you know, the executives take on a creative role, that's how you get Quibi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Max. Oh, sorry. I saw a hack season three was delayed today, and then I contemplated suicide. So we no, must end forever. This. Yeah. So we here at, as you know, stand in absolute solidarity, always and forever, with the fine people fighting for their livelihood in the Writers Guild. Uh, yeah. You know, fucking crush them. <laughs> let me let me shout out specifically the three person picket line <laughs> that yeah. shut down the set of <laughs> Evil yesterday. <laughs> yes. Was it <laughs> Evil? It was Evil. <laughs> It was evil. It was the three-person picket line at evil, and fucking Ayatsu was like, not fucking crossing it. Yeah. And just a bunch of guys stand. There was like 20 guys it's like the middle of the side. night. Yeah, yeah, just 20 guys on the other side, and three dudes just out there. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, it has been also, uh, yeah, it's been great to learn uh, which non-writing creatives I can respect. Begrudgingly, <laughs> Jay Leno, good job. Yeah. Showing up with showing up with stuff to support the picket line, and also you're like, ah, he probably drove a silly car that exploded on his way home. <laughs> hey, listen. Uh, Welcome to the beginning and the end of the world. intention is to keep doing this podcast with my friends i don't care what the network says i don't care what the studio says i am a principled man and that is what it is and i know that right now your life is absolute mess and that your your wife left you six weeks ago or whatever it was that's happening in the first one but we're friends and that's what friends do I've welcome been to as you know i've been sleeping in matt's music room <laughs> <laughs> the worst room to sleep in at matt's yeah, really honestly am. yeah but this is, as you know, a podcast dedicated to covering the first and last episode of every television program. I'm Ian Benson. Joining me as always, Matt Ciani. Hey, I've uh, re reclaimed my faith in sports because I uh, had a, a key moment similar to things that happened in Aaron Sorkin's career later. Stephen This Dutton. is long-winded. Uh, I um, show up at the bar that Felicity Huffman is at every night. And Travis Marmon. <laughs> Three things about the Knicks. <laughs> Josh, I feel like a screenshot of that could have been a great a meme for NBA Twitter for decades of three things the Knicks need to do to make the final and just start crying. I don't want to talk Sorry, about. Sorry, you don't want to talk about the Knicks right now. Yeah, no, I don't want to fair. talk about what the New York Knicks need to do. I especially don't want to know what they need to do at the time of the release of this episode because God knows. Where we will be at at that point in a, as a society. We are recording this, of course, after the Caps have lost game one. 
Um, before they won rip. game two and three and, three and, four, and four and five. five. Come on, baby. Let's go, Cavs. Let them know. Uh, as you can tell, we are here today to talk about Aaron Sorkin's Sports Night. I wish I remembered what the, yeah, what the theme song exactly other... was. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask, uh, just because you guys seem like crowd for it. Has anyone else been walking around all day singing Sports Night to the tune of First Night? By the whole study? <laughs> nah, I haven't uh, been doing I've that. Weirdly I've weirdly had it stuck in my head. I've had it stuck in my head to the tune of uh, Nardwar's theme song. <laughs> <laughs> also works. Fuck, Nardwar would be great on this program. On our program or on Sports Night? Yes. Uh, I would hate to see what Nardwar, Nardwar could Yeah, do I don't that. want Nardwar to actually find my worst atrocities. <laughs> <laughs> he would. That's the thing. And you'd be like, where did you find this? How did you know about this? I didn't know they put my worst things I've ever done on wax. I had no idea that <laughs> happened. As he hands you the vinyl copy and asks you to talk about it. Uh, but yeah, so it was my pick this week. We're getting right into it. We're, this is, a, this is a, um, an efficient machine today. It's also because it's the most research I've ever done for an episode ever. So I'm prepared. So you watched like six movies. Uh, I watched I, three movies. Thank you very much. Three is I like six. The Social Network. And I watched Moneyball, and I watched Steve Jobs, and I did those all over the past seven hours. My no, brain no being the Ricardos for you. No, because no, I didn't want to watch movies he directed. Did you? Because do this that? was part of the thing. Were you watching movies at work? I don't have to answer your question, Stephen. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think uh, Aaron Sorkin thinks he's smart. Aaron Sorkin is smart and also very stupid. Both things can be true. That's, that's the beauty really, of it. I think that's been a thing we've learned a lot about major TV creators, like over yeah. the course of the show. Like Mike Judge is my favorite example of just like that's a really smart idiot, or a really stupid smart guy. Like it really does just depend. I picked Sports Night because I love Sports Center, and I Me love too. ESPN. And I have a deep respect for the written work of Aaron Sorkin and not a respect for his personal work. Well, I mean, sorry, his directing work. I love his personal work. I love getting busted in Burbank with a lot of cocaine. That was pretty cool, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> I really think that was great. Um, but uh, Really is a, the writer's drug, isn't it? Cocaine? Yes. Yeah. Writer's drug. Yeah, yeah probably the one. His yeah. whole thing was like he would just do coke, chain smoke, and learn about a thing and then decide, I'm going to write a thing on it, which is yeah. why he's so good as a screenwriter. <laughs> yeah. Because he has no interests that he brings to the table. He just is like, I don't know. I was watching Sports Center while I did this, and I was like, that seems like a great idea for a television show. And that's well, what so he the did. Guys, he's made like four, he's made like five TV shows, and three of them are about making TV shows. Yes. Yeah. And every single one of them, and this is how you know he doesn't have any real interest or, like, consume any media with any, like, understanding of media. Every single one of them is about a bad TV show being made. But it's treated in the material as though or, it's amazing. Or at least, at least failing. Not necessarily. Sports Center. Bad. bad. Sports, bad. Sports, Sports Night, Night is show. so fucking boring as a show. Yeah, and then well, what's, the, what's his SNL show? Studio 60, Studio 60, 60 where strip. it's like supposed to be like this hilarious show. Yeah. And it's like he has to write it. The reason why 30 Rock was the superior show is because 30 Rock knew that the show that they were making in 30 Rock was bad. Right. But one and of the Studio best 30 was, was what if SNL was the most important show in the yes, world. Yes, right. <laughs> but also SNL somehow existed. Uh, yeah. but, uh, uh, but one great 30 Rock joke does involve Aaron Sorkin, 
where Liz is going up for a job against him and looks over at him and is like, I know you from somewhere. He's like, walk with me. And then they <laughs> do the thing. Yeah, yeah. And then the new the newsroom is both about a bad news program and also is one of the worst shows. Ever. And he himself right. is like, oh, yeah, no, I tried some shit there and it was bad. Um, but yes, of course, I picked Sports Night, which was a uh, television series about a fictional sports news show called Sports Night. Uh, it focused on the friendships, pitfalls, ethical issues, and all of that while trying to create a good show under network pressure. Uh, it aired on ABC for two seasons from September 22nd, 1998 to May 16th, 2000. Uh, it featured Robert Guillaume, Felicity Huffman, who is now a three-timer. Congrats. Uh, three-time, as you know, all-star. So that's, she that's joins like Lynette Scavo. As, you know, as you know, Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. Yeah. Yeah. Rachel Bilson. And, and like Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, Shaq was the one who would have been, but we couldn't get NBA on NBC. But the last still, one would have been. I wanted to get that so fucking bad. Still, well, listen, listen, we can still we can still try. Uh, and also then, um, uh, new as you know, all star Peter Krause, yeah, who was Shout also at six feet under. And then Josh Charles, Sabrina Lloyd, and Joshua Molina. Also, William H Macy was apparently on this show as well, but we did not get to see him. I could see him Maybe working on. Was he married this. to Felicity Huffman at that time? Yes, they had uh, just gotten married to the year before. Cool. Yeah, I can um, see him really working on this show. Did t- was Terry Polo on something we watched before also? I feel like we had a discussion about Terry Polo on Oh, here. Terry Polo, you're right. She was in the finale of Northern Exposure. Terry Polo, welcome to the cl- the crowd. Shout Woo! out. All the all the meat heads are screaming. Everyone that loves the meat the meat the universe. Oh, oh yeah! Oh, oh. Me, shout out to all the fuckers out there. Oh Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> I think that uh, meet the sh- movies are the worst thing that has ever happened. Like I, wow. I my, my 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 distaste. We for already Heather, talked about Hitler, and you're just like <laughs> my my <laughs> my distaste. My my distaste for uh, Heather Graham is 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 you know something that people make fun of me for on this show, uh, but like I guess my equivalent movie series to the the it, it, I just I hate it so much and I think I think actually somebody telling me that they love those movies would be a deal breaker for me on a date. That's how strongly I feel wow. about those movies. When is the last time anyone talked about yeah, why, these, why those would movies, that come though? up? That's a great like. Somebody likes that whole Robert De Niro. Um, Would you milk me? Did you milk me? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that is the lasting legacy of the all those movies combined. Is I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk me? Has just like also his name being Gaylord, Gaylord ever joke. Other lasting legacy. Your <laughs> like, name Gaylord. Gaylord? We're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about the news, the sports news. That's the thing. All Aaron Sorkin television programs are about people trying to make something uncompromising and ultimately and yeah and, and being like this is important what we're doing and yeah. all good Aaron Sorkin movies are about difficult men who are geniuses and assholes and he is so much better at making movies about difficult men and assholes when there is somebody there to rein him in because yeah. I watched three Aaron Sorkin written movies and they're all amazing. <laughs> they're all amazing. I like yeah, you the named works of two things that I love. What was the third? Steve Jobs. Yeah. What the fuck is that? They all made three a movie of them biopics, also notably. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, they yeah, made two he, movies about Steve Jobs. Yeah, he did the one with Michael Fassbender, not Jobs, the one with Ashton Kutcher, because Ashton Kutcher happened to look like a photo of Steve Jobs when he was young. <laughs> So they made a movie. It about does that. rock that they were like, yeah. we gotta do it. Just looks like <laughs> yeah. Well, Michael Fassbender looked nothing like him, and then gave a beautiful performance. But because he looked nothing like him, and because a movie was st- starring Ashton Kutcher had come out some years before, no one saw it to the point yeah, where, in an interview with Kimmel, uh, uh, Aaron Sorkin was asked about it, and he said, "Yeah, the movie's been out for three months, and if you guys uh, left today and went and saw it, you would still be among some of the first people to go see it." Because he has a sense of humor about himself, uh, weirdly. Uh, because again, he has no interests. He is a theater his, dweeb. His interests are yeah. His interests are Broadway, the the dang news, uh, yeah, competent women news. with androgynous names, yeah. uh, <laughs> as opposed to incompetent women with very feminine names, who aren't the best uh, written. <laughs> and that is why I wanted to talk about Sports Night, a show that I had never seen, but people I respect liked. And I thought was fine. It is so weird to watch a show that can't figure out whether or not it wants to have a laugh track. That was weird. That was a network. That was network yes. meddling. He's not really a joke writer. He, yeah, he's not a joke writer. That I think was very clear. But it's a half-hour show. The first show, episode so has have, like the laugh track. The laugh track, but only at the beginning. Decision. Yeah, that was the network. Only at the beginning. Yeah, and it's no, extra like, jarring to see one in a single cam sitcom and not in a multi cam. You yeah. can defend it's him. Still front of you can defend him if you want. I just said it was jarring to see. It was. <laughs> That's yeah, all I yeah, said. Yeah, the it laugh was. track was shocking. The laugh track was very funny to like get to react to the show the same amount that the laugh track did. Like the jokes landed for me this for, like at the same frequency that they did for the laugh track, which is to say <laughs> infrequently. <laughs> And then the second half of the first episode, none at all. You were yeah. just the sparsest, dead silent. The sparsest <laughs> right. laugh track I've ever seen. Yeah. It was so strange. <laughs> it's like, great. I'm so used to it. If, if it has a laugh track, I'm used to hearing the laugh track every fucking three minutes. Yeah. I'm sorry. No. 30 seconds or less. Uh, the other thing we were talking about, like, you can't talk about the show without talking about Sports Center. Right. And I do think the show is such a fascinating document of the time when Sports Center fucking ruled TV. Yeah. And now Sports Center is still on, but is completely, there's no point in watching Sports Center because everything is, all highlights are available all the time on every device that we have. Right. But I miss it. I miss it. Certainly in the late 90s and early 2000s, when I'm a kid, like Sports Center is a huge part of my daily consumption of everything. And when the you're especially like a. The amount of times I fell like asleep a, to, to Sports Center and then woke up to yeah. the exact same episode of Sports Center airing for the sixth time. <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, they talk on the show about like, oh, his male role models are these, these athletes. But like, if you were a kid who had at least any realistic thoughts about their own athletic prowess, and you were like fairly smart. Sports center anchors were your kind of role model if you liked sports. Yeah. Oh like, yeah. More than athletes were. I like, wanted to be a sports center's role to model for sure. Yeah. I wanted you want to be Scott Van Pelt and Stuart Scott uh, and Linda Cohn and like all these fucking people. But now it's like watching the show in 2023. It's so weird because you're like that's again it exists, but ESPN's non-game broadcast existence right now is really all centered on debate shows specifically that involve Stephen A. Smith who <laughs> has this like humongous salary to scream uh, the television to scream takes all day good for and him. sports center is just this weird like thing that they have because they've always had sports center since ESPN came into existence in yeah it's a relic but 
who's but I haven't seen a clip from Sports Center in years, but you see a million from first take. Yeah, first take or on the horn or is part of the interruption still a thing? Probably not. PTI still a thing. Oh jeez. So that's kind of a bummer to be honest. I would <laughs> I want to see the the Aaron Sorkin take on doing a a sports shouting oh, type show oh. as opposed to Sports Center. <laughs> Yeah, like treating, I'd love to see treating Tony yelling. Kornheiser with like the gravest importance. Is like, <laughs> <laughs> what we do matters. <laughs> I mean, so is that terribly different from doing a Keith Olbermann thing? Like, is sports yelling that different now? That's true. Well, and Keith Olbermann, of course, was a Sports Center anchor, but right. and then yeah, and then became a different. politics yeller. Yeah, but Olbermann was like a specific weird like a specific anchor that had like a specific thing that he did, but that wasn't a general sports center right. thing. Like everyone had their own little personalities and like Stuart Scott obviously transcended to a, like another yeah, level of like, pop he was, culture he was, with He was definitely like a hero for me when I was a kid. But Oberman like, is supposed to be doubt. the basis for Peter Krause's character, right. I believe. Yeah. You can, you can tell he loves to go on a rant. Yeah. And like Craig Kilborn was a sports center anchor and then hosted the daily show before John Stewart did. Right. But I don't know a lot about Kilborn. Um, Can I, I? I should note that I have never seen a single second of Sports Center, to my knowledge. I've, I like it wasn't even a thing that was just like ambiently on in your house, like your no. dad put on. Probably, but Matt like is I, lying. I, I like Matt, really no, Matt learned. Is, no, Matt is lying. I have I have seen Sports Center on at Matt's parents' house when we were kids. That happened. I, it I did mean, happen. but would I have been able to identify it as Sports Center? Like I, I don't think I would. Like, yeah, you know it. I probably watched the last half hour of the six a.m. Sports Center and the first half hour of the seven a.m. Sports Center every week morning for ages. Nineteen ninety eight until yeah, dude. Sometime in high school. I love Sports Center. I loved Sports Center. Left Scott Van Pelt. That's my guy. Um, of course, the 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 Sports Night characters are based on um. Definitely Keith Olbermann, and then it's yeah. kind of up for debate whether or not it's Dan Patrick or Craig Kilborn. Seems Dan Patrick-esque. I think, well, I think it's more that one of them was definitely Olbermann, and the other one was, like, drew a little bit. It came about Amalgamation because... Amalgamation of various sports center anchors. Yeah. Um, it, uh, it came about because of the fact that apparently Aaron Sorkin would just, like, mindlessly watch sports center while writing television. Like it yeah, would just it be on, about, and right? he would seem, he would seem this see the same few episodes like over the night. Just would play a couple times while he was up all night. Something I will never doing, experience again doing is cocaine. watching the same yeah. episode. I don't want to say of, what he was doing with his time, as he was writing, as he was doing all of these things. But he he thought it was uh, enjoyable, and he he came up with the idea of uh, a television show based around. Well, actually, he came up with the idea and was like, oh, yeah, I could do it like a movie, sort of like broadcast news, but it's Sports Center. But he couldn't come up with any way to make it just a movie. And he brought it to his agent and he's like, that sounds like a television show. So he walked into ABC and was like, hey, I have this idea. This is all I have. Um, and I, if you want, I'll go write the pilot script. And they were like, yeah, we're interested. And the rest is history. Right. And it's like part of a great, you know, long legacy of TV shows that are about making another kind of show like Mary Tyler Moore, as we've talked about on here before, or WKRP in Cincinnati, or what have I, you. I thought you were. I thought you were saying that we'd done that episode, and I was like, I don't remember us doing no, WKRP. No, no, no. Just in general. Yeah. Uh, um. So it does make sense. Do we get the sense that Aaron Sorkin actually likes sports? 
Is that known? No. no. I mean, he wrote, again, he wrote Moneyball, but... Moneyball is firmly from the perspective of a man who doesn't understand sports, which is what the beauty of Moneyball is, is because he's, like, writing the stuff like, how can you not be romantic about baseball? And it's like, you were so mm-hmm. not romantic about baseball that you made the perfect baseball thing. Um, yeah. You know. Like, are there other people on staff that were there to fill in the real-life sports references that they were making, or... Was he himself? I'm sure he does like, like, okay, I got the next starting lineup. Research, but like, yeah, yeah, he probably, he probably understands it from an analytical level. Like just because he looked at it and read about it, you know? Yeah. I think, I think the thing with Sorkin is that he uh, grows to understand the thing. Um, well, he grows to become knowledgeable. I don't know if he understands the systems. That is still, I don't think he understands kind of anything with him. Based on the type he, of shit that he writes, I'm gonna say something, <laughs> and it's gonna sound wild, and I'm gonna stand by it. He understands the dark heart of humanity. Oh, God. <laughs> is that some sort of like nerd shit, or uh, no? I this, just think like the thing he is does, that like the golden compass, or no? no like what I is mean, this like from? the dark heart in, of humanity. Is this in, the Lord in, of the Rings thing? What? What fantasy? series is the dark heart of humankind from nothing real life real yeah. fucking do you life, believe that bro. all men are capable of evil steven <laughs> sure probably yeah because that's I mean, a line from it's a line from friday night lights which featured the music of wg snuffy walden who of course did the music for sports of night of course yes of course the king <laughs> this music sucked this was oh i don't remember music better fucking music uh but as you know hall of famer wd snuffy walden I don't know if that's true. Oh, uh, I guess he did Friday Night Lights so. and then something else and then this. Yeah, I think so. I think oh, you know what? He did Felicity. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And Early Edition. What the hell am I Look. saying? Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Fuck off. WG. Is there anything else? He, he's our OG. More like. <laughs> and Nashville. Oh, man. He's been around. God damn. <laughs> uh, I I think that gives him like as you know, God. Like, <laughs> he I already that, Like, what's three um, ranks above Hall of Famer? Uh, Deity, I'd suppose. Goat. Goat. Yeah, goat. Goat. Uh, No, so um, uh, anyways, The Dark Heart of Humanity. That's the thing. It's his movies work not because they're actual accounts of the people that they are writing about. Many of the things are (laughs) completely made up, but it so works. I think think his stuff works the same way Gilmore Girls works. It's like nobody actually talks like this, but... It makes for compelling TV. But I'm also not talking about the dialogue. I'm talking about like the way the characters act and like in the social network, the pitch being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Mark Zuckerberg, you made Facebook to go over a girl. And he's like, that's not what happened. And then like the movie makes it like, ah, man, that's a really, I mean, that's compelling. And you know, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's that. And then, uh, in, uh, in Moneyball, it's that Billy Bean was never going to recover fully from the fact that he was a failed baseball player. So he be, he, he tries to break the sport by making the teams out of the people that aren't him, you know, who had the numbers, but, you know, the talent isn't immediately apparent. And then Steve Jobs is a movie about um, a, a, f- a flawed father who tries to create things and is a genius and a monster at creation. So he understands these people because he's like them in that he is a messed up but talented individual and the only perspective he can articulate is his own through the lens of other people. And then he goes and he directs things and he uh, doesn't have anyone who's like, okay, 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 that's a great idea. Now here's how we're going to do it. And instead he just like throws 
too much out there and he gets my favorite least favorite actor up in uh the trial of the chicago seven and absolutely atrocious film which actor oh you know this it's mark rylance is it rylance in that movie i don't know who's yeah. in that movie besides sasha baron cohen <laughs> jeremy strong playing uh, yes. a uh uh, Spirit Halloween hippie, Eddie Redmayne mumbling. That guy's still around. He's alive. Well, it's that's <laughs> unclear, but yeah. So, um, I think yeah, no, I think he 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 is talented in these ways. It's why you know he made a few good men, a movie yeah. that is mostly about speeches, and he yeah he finds a he way loves to write to a create... speech. He's not very good at it, yeah. but he loves to write a speech. Um, Disagree. So. Why then? So you think it's just people not telling him no that he makes shows like this that are on the same tier as early edition? I well again, I was I was praising his like the thing is is I think that he works better in the micro macro that is a film where you get like a two hour shot of Sorkin. Yeah. And it's filtered through somebody else's yeah, lens. I, mean, I, but, I, like, I like the all the movies show. that you're talking about. Yeah. I think his like I don't know. I, I'm thinking of any time that a speech came up on this show, it made me want to leave the room. Well, I mean, I think I, I bet that if I watched a full season of Sports Night, I would ultimately hit the speeches that are like, those are the successful ones. But yeah. he infamously doesn't plot ahead. He just kind of goes. So I think that's kind of some yeah. of the stuff where he's like, and then here's the big speech moment and like, those aren't necessarily the hits. And those are also all things that are like, he is sure he's creating like, oh, it's sports center and he's drawing from that, but he's filtering and creating an imagined world. And it's the same with the West wing where there are a bit more successful speeches, but also it's absolute nonsense. Um, and he leaves eventually like after season four. I mean, that's the thing he gets burned out. He writes like every episode of a television show for a whole yeah. season. He does that like four times burns out and then repeats that and uh yeah. and now he directs things like being the ricardo ricardos yeah and like sorkin dialogue and sorkin speeches are just such a thing you like you really have to be like keyed into his whole thing or else they are incredibly grating and like sometimes yeah. i don't know the social network is a movie i have like it's a really good movie but sometimes i'm like it's partially because of sorkin and sometimes it's in spite of sorkin like because there are times yeah. in that movie where i'm like that what he is doing is perfect for this moment. And there are times where I'm just like, man, shut the fuck up. I can't yeah. deal with this right now. And I think a lot, and, and I'm a big David Fincher fan. And so my takeaway for the movie, a lot of times is to be like, I think Fincher is what makes this movie great. And in spite of too much Sorkin eat stuff, but sometimes it works really well in, in harmony. The first and then scene the in that is movie just, is, is just like poop. great Sorkin writing. The number of times I said to shut the fuck up out loud watching Sports Night last night, like, yeah. too high to count. This dude really needs, like, this This is a dude who is doing fucking table-length lines of cocaine every, like, 15 minutes. <laughs> like, you can fucking tell, by the way, that this show is written and played out. And it's so funny to view that then, like, it's so funny, uh, of all of the biopic ones, like, uh, of the work... Social Network is the funniest then to view in context of the others because, like, I don't see many interviews with Billy Beans. Steve Jobs died. Mark Zuckerberg is so far the away antithesis of, <laughs> yeah, from what yeah, Jesse Eisenberg yeah. is in that movie. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you, see, 
You see Mark Zuckerberg with like sweet baby rays on a bookshelf sweating profusely <laughs> when asked what his yeah. name is. And in that movie, he's like, you're like, no, I get why this guy made like a billion dollars. Like there's something to him. Like the energy where he's just like <laughs> like Thanks doing the whole thing of like, no, you do not have my full attention. My attention is back on this. And like you're just like, whoa. It also Jesus. gets funnier and funnier as just like Facebook itself uh completely Crumbles. has like right. cratered as a Social Network too about they added legs to Meta. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Just bring back Eisenberg. He's doing the same shit from the first movie. Did I tell you about the time t- that I did I tell you the time that I was at somebody's party, like like a friend of a friend, and I found out slowly that for whatever reason everyone there worked for Facebook's meta department and was oh. like, I'm gonna get fired any day now. And I kept being like how did what is why did what's going on they're like it's okay you know we've made enough money but it's coming and we all know it and it was a very just a weird vibe how long did you stay at this party mm, i left at like 1 a.m did you arrive at like twelve forty-five a.m ah there were some people who weren't that um, but thanks for thanks for reminding me about the time that Mark Zuckerberg decided he was going to run for president uh, <laughs> and how well that went. Did he actually, or was it people claimed that he should? Well, he I, was like look, he was like going a lot of places. He, floated he was it. eating the fucking it was like being butter on a stick or whatever. Like he was starting. Yeah, so I was, about, I was thinking of the, the suntan shit. lotion on the yeah. The so fuck? sports night tries to do the Sorkin thing. But as comedy, while not really being different from the normal Sorkin thing, the way that it's normally played as drama. Yes. What did you guys make of that? Because I had it no is, idea it is how I was supposed to laugh. It's jarring. That's what I was it's saying. Jarring. Like this it, is it, first foray into television. As it well, feels right? like yes. a. It feels like a half comedy where it's like, is this? Is, am I supposed to be laughing? Sometimes the laugh track would come on and my brain would break. Yeah. Because I, like, I just, I've never seen something that was not clearly trying to be funny that, that put a laugh track in. Yeah. It's so weird that it's, because it's not like comedy drama is a novel or difficult concept to wrap no. your head around, but it doesn't no. feel like a comedy drama either. No. It's just like, because it has the po-faced Sorkin, you know, gravitas thing, and also people are laughing out loud at the jokes that should really only be there just like to add some it was i actually felt weird it was like uncanny valley i think it was to me like the uncanny valley of comedy drama i think i think it was definitely i think it's one of those shows that in a way is too early because i think it was sorkin being like this isn't gonna be i don't have enough for this to be 45 minute episodes we're gonna do 20 minute episodes and then the network is like and then the network being like, so it's a comedy. And he's like, no, yes. Yeah. And then them being like, what's okay, gonna so get it's me, a comedy. What's going to get me funded and aired? Oh, right. yes, it's so comedy. It's, and then it's like, okay, so it needs a laugh track and it needs a live studio audience. He's like, no, 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 no. You don't, you don't laugh at that. It's, it's like, is Dennis Miller the Monday Night Football co-host at this point? <laughs> <laughs> it, it I feels, think that's a couple years later. That's right around similar the Similar energy, century. though. Um, yeah, I was gonna say but, it feels like cousins. Yeah, like did this air like back to back with like a big like with like Home Improvement or something on ABC? Like, I need to know like how ABC marketed this too. And obviously, um, they didn't market it very well because only lasted two seasons and they canceled it. 
But well, it also was the thing where it was offered to be picked and up. And the West Wing starts right there. Yeah, it was offered to be picked up, and he was like, "I got to focus on this other thing I'm doing." Um, yeah. When did he? Hold on, I want to. I'm. I'm doing two things at once here. Um, he did Monday Night Football at like the same point. The the, the in June 2000. And so it was right after this, actually, as Miller is. Uh, it had beat. It was announced that Miller had beaten out Rush Limbaugh and Tony Kornheiser Woo! for the job as oh. Colin commentator on Monday Woo! Night Football. Oh my God! God damn! Imagine Rush the world where Limbaugh. it's Rush Limbaugh on an just on Monday Night Football. On Monday Night Football. God, what a time! Well, he did, Sunday, he did. He did Sunday NFL Countdown. If you <coughs> if you may recall, I don't. Where he infamously so he he was on yeah they're their NFL preview show that they would do. They'd throw it to Rush for like a segment all the time. And he infamously, uh, I think, lost that job after he uh, suggested that Is the like media... like an I-miss thing? Rooted, he, said, he said that the media wanted Donovan McNabb to be successful um, because he was black, basically. Like, he was making an argument that like Donovan McNabb is overrated because the media narrative want, wants there to be a good black QB but actually sucks or whatever. And then I think he lost... Uh, his NFL countdown position not long after that. And that was in like 04-ish. That was my first exposure to who Rush Limbaugh was, was yeah. Sunday NFL countdown. Um, Trevor, like, what was the other thing you wanted me to pass be Limbaugh. looking up? Uh, like what aired, like what was like the oh, lead was, in uh, sports was the sports night or vice versa? Um, the rerun rights for the show were for briefly uh, were briefly on Comedy Central, which would be really weird to what? just like yeah. come across. Um, I'm not finding what like it was. So you know, just pick your. I choose to believe it was home improvement. And ABC was like, "Two did Thursday for a big night of laughs," and then <laughs> I've, <would> be <laughs> I've I've talked about this before. I believe on this podcast, but the Dana Carvey premiere, the Dana Carvey show premiere, <laughs> where I think it's the premiere. It's like an episode where it's just like there's a trailer for the show. That is mostly like, it's like the ABC Thursday night, and it's like, tune in for a very special episode of Home Improvement. And it's like, one of the, like the Jonathan Taylor Thomas kid is like, maybe going to die of cancer. And he's like, Dad, am I going to die? And they're like, hugging each other. And he's like, you're going to be okay, son. And then it's like, join us afterwards for the Dana Carvey show. <laughs> <laughs> but Ian, I feel like that was fucking every ad. Yeah, like, yeah. That no, kind so of jarring shit happened all the time when we were kids. It, it is crazy to see television with ads like, if I'm watching some like Hulu shit or something, it is so fucking wild that that's the way that I consumed television at any point. I've, I know we've talked about this in the past too, but like watching a super serious episode of whatever, if I like, I watched Lost on something that had a uh, and, and something popping up on the box. Yeah, it wasn't that, but it was like you'd cut from that to like a yogurt. I take this. Ad. this is my doctor. <laughs> Travis has some very serious news from his doctor about his colitis. But after that, we're going to do the bracket of the <laughs> TV show that we like the best on As You Know. I don't know. It's weird because, yeah, I, like, I did research and I uh, like exposed myself to more Sorkin and it felt very enriching to do that. And I feel like I'm more knowledgeable. But then where it's like, let's recap the episode. I'm like, I don't know. It's like a South African distance old guy like sets the the, the, the world record for... I don't know what event. And, and like Sorkin shows off the exact same brain rot that he's always had. <laughs> Steven's doing a it's massive wild. jerk off motion. 
Yeah, that's what that say. That's what that I was. was yeah. like. I was fucking tugging it so right when that guy was uh, <laughs> setting the record. And they're all like, this is fucking history right here. This is news. Yeah. Aaron Sorkin has the energy when covering news that like uh, like um, uh, journalism majors do where they're like, what we're doing is important. And it's before they all get fucking burned out and realize that like it's just a fucking miserable job. Travis yeah. is back now, so we're not going to pretend I said that all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> is everything all right? Yeah, it was a reminder I have an appointment tomorrow. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. For this, the pre-screen for this clinical trial I'm trying to enroll. Travis has a, a very serious appointment tomorrow. Pre-screening for a clinical trial tomorrow at noon, and at one thirty, <laughs> <laughs> it's sports night with Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> Sorry, they don't actually say with the writer. That'd be weird. Like, yeah. Sorkin has the vibe of somebody who has never genuinely felt excitement. So all of the excitement felt by the characters on his shows feels it's like it's, it's, it's like it, calloused. I, like, it's like calloused excitement. It's so bizarre. It no, no nobody writes excitement like this in the entire game. Like, <laughs> oh my god, he's back while he's like talking normal on a sports show. Absolutely bizarre. Um, I I think the thing to know with him is that he is like one of the premier drama kids of all time. Yeah, like he wanted to be an actor. He basically was like, I'm not a good actor, actually. <laughs> Yeah, and then he was like, "I'm going to become a writer." And he wrote it. He literally, he's like that romantic version of the writer, where he's like, "I scribbled out this stuff on like cocktail napkins while I was bartending." And the fact that it worked for him made him insufferable. <laughs> yeah, and I don't. A few good men is fine. It's fine. Well, you know that's what, what we brought need? him attention, and now he has more good men. How about a he bunch of He went to Syracuse, so statistically a, he probably knows a, a bunch of people of who men. went into sports broadcasting also. Yeah, and he now has an Academy Award, a BAFTA, some Emmys, and some Golden Globes. Let's get Aaron Sorkin that ego. Wait, he doesn't have a Tony? Oh, that must burn him up so badly. <laughs> <laughs> he did, I will say, he did have a moment. I don't know. This is. I'm going to give him the bare minimum praise, uh, but he did. Um, he did a Broadway adaptation of To Kill a Mockingbird. And uh, it was produced by noted monster Scott Rudin. And basically, he like reached the point where he's like, I can't stand you so much that, and you're such a monster. Like, there was a big, you know, like article about Rudin. And he was like, We are shutting this down because I don't want you to make a single dime on this. Damn. Fun cast, though, looking at this. Yeah. The um, Jeff, Jeff Daniels, Atticus Finch, our friend Jeff. Our friend Jeff. Uh, uh, the West End version had Rafe Spall and Matthew Modine both playing the Finch role at different times. And then um, if you listen to the Blank Check episode on Steve Jobs, they talk about some of this where um, I can't remember who um, it's uh, Ed Harris replaced Jeff Daniels. Mm. And it was uh, it was uh, David Sims interviewing Ed Harris and being like, that man frightens me. But yeah, no, Aaron Sorkin's just a big theater dweeb. And um, I wish that. Oh man, wait a minute. He, I'm, there are some like wonderful things about his um, uh, fail, like the works that he didn't do. And uh, he was going to do a musical based on the life of Houdini with Danny Elfman. Oh. Uh, he worked on oh, a. God. This is this is some. <laughs> that sounds Just fucking you, awesome. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he um he worked on. A script for Warren Beatty because he did some rewrites for Bullworth 
And Beatty hired him to work on a script titled Ocean of Storms. It never went into production. And at one point, Sorkin sues Beatty for compensation about the work on it. And, like, you know, it's just like, you know, I've not been paid for all this. They settle, and then Sorkin gets back to work on the script, which is insane. <laughs> like, that they had a working relationship where they could sue, where one could sue the other. They could settle the matter, like, in court, or out of court, I guess. And then he's like, back to fucking work now. <laughs> like, I write the fucking script. A crazy person. That is um, fucking nuts. Warren Beatty, also a crazy person, so that is a good... And also, uh, in 2002, he was, or sorry, in 2007, he was hired to write a musical about a 2002 record. Would anyone like to guess? <laughs> Did he, was he supposed to write an eight-mile soundtrack no. musical? No, no, no. Um, uh, it is a... What year did the towers fall? What? What? Did you just ask what year 9-11 happened? <laughs> He's been in Europe so long. We're never, you're never he got very confused since the opening I shot forgot. of Sports Night yeah, was the Twin no, Towers. He was like, when did that uh, happen? I actually couldn't remember if it was 2001 or 2011. 2011? <laughs> Steven! You can't remember if you were 9 or 19 when 9-11 happened? Steven! Okay, it's called 9-11. Were you in you know, college got, when 9-11 happened? Are you confusing it. it with when we got Bin Laden? Uh, no, it's just because of the 11 in the name. Oh my God! Two thousand one. I know. I just forgot for a second. <laughs> is it? Is it? Is this it? You fucking. You're no. a trash. Uh, it is a record that we definitely liked, and uh, in that in that era when we were really into the Strokes, I don't know if anyone still likes this band that we know. Is I haven't really thought about them in a minute. About the vines? No, <laughs> no we, we both guess the vines, Travis. No, 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 no. It's more um, psychedelic. Is it Interpol. Uh, Yoshimi battles the pink robots. Yoshimi battles the pink robots. A musical adaptation brought to you (laughs) by Aaron Sorkin. I wish that had happened. This guy and Wayne Coyne in a room together is such a fucking horrifying. I wish that had happened. Oh my god! That would be my Spider-Man turn off the dark in a world (laughs) where that did. Or turn on the dark. I'll never get it right. Turn Turn off. Turn off the dark. Turn off the dark. What's my fa- my favorite my favorite musical? The one where Bottom and the Edge write about Spider Man could only have been eclipsed by the one where Aaron Sorkin wrote the script for a Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robots musical adaptation from Jesus. the director of Jersey Boys. That's also another thing. It's like, does Aaron Sorkin like popular music? Like, I can't. He imagine doesn't no, like anything. He was like, hey, no, he researched it. He researched it. It's fine. No, he didn't so- research it. <laughs> Somebody famous was like, you heard about this album called Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robots? He's like, no, tell me everything about it. And then he went on a Coke-fueled binge. Yep. I bet it's he just, just about reads when Wikipedia all the time. Yeah, totally. So uh, when I worked at an escape room, I worked with a guy who played the lead in the American Idiot musical, which is a thing that did happen. <laughs> I've known yeah. so many people who were in the American Idiot musical it's like <laughs> insane how many people <laughs> I've known who are in that. Even though American Idiot is in the classic like set of rock operas where the story doesn't really make any sense or have like, doesn't like, matter. Or you write around the album. it. You yeah. write around it. It's a really it. like thing they wrote for like half of it, and then I'm like, eh, I don't know. Say Jimmy. Say Jimmy. They play that on classic rock stations now. That's weird. 
Oh Jesus! We got to talk about the actual. It's an eighteen-year-old album. It's like the equivalent of you know listening to like New Order at the turn of the century. It is. We are at the point where the gap between. I keep saying this to people. We are at the point where the gap between is this it and now is the equivalent of the gap of Marquee Moon and is this it. Yeah, it's just weird because stations like that, like they don't get rid of their back catalog, so it's weird to hear Boulevard of Broken Dreams and then hear tom sawyer right after it they should have to dump <laughs> stuff whatever. that's too old in order to give it to the oldies station no yeah i think that'd be really they, they funny to hear like, tom sawyer next to like fucking like a doo-wop yeah <laughs> <laughs> like uh the bill haley in the comments <laughs> yeah and that was tick tick boom uh, we now have uh robert johnson um <laughs> guy doing a Casey Kasem voice as he as he introduces <laughs> this kind of shit. You know, Aaron Sorkin should make a show about a radio DJ. Uh, he should do a fucking Dick Clark's of... American Bandstand show. Yeah. We haven't talked That's about the, the show at all. All right. Plot no, of, we've talked plot a lot of sports about night. it. Opening, opening shot. The World Trade Center. Next. Shout out. Next. <laughs> Finland jokes. Jokes about Helsinki. We love them. I don't even know what? if these qualify what? as jokes. No, no, what country not a is Helsinki in? There's like a laugh line about a swan at the end. Like a, a, a it really felt like the line, <coughs> uh, whooping swan is their national bird, was supposed to be a laugh line. Josh Charles isn't wearing pants. That's Josh Charles. We know him. Yeah, we as a society at this point know him from being one of the kids in Dead Poets Society, I'm pretty sure. Uh, he is in We Own This City as the worst of all of those cops. So that is I now later. instinctively am like creeped out by Josh Charles. It was much later. <laughs> yes, uh, so it was from last year. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, uh, yeah, he's in, um, yeah, sure. If we want to talk about other things he does, like, you know, he's in uh, some Wet Hot American Summer, the television version. Was he? Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's in those. Uh, he's, uh, you know, he's around. He was on um, The Good Wife for like ever. Yeah, um, but yeah, he didn't want to do a television program, and he got talked into it, and it worked out for him. And Peter Krause is—I don't know where he is coming from at this point. Um, I think I know, he's a fresh face at this point. Yeah, it's I, like he's had some television performances. I guess he was on Sybil a bunch and appeared on like yeah, like Party of Five for a few episodes, and then gets this, yeah, and then goes on to. Travis's favorite six, television six show. Six Feet Under is right after this. Parenthood. Then Parenthood is not long after Six Feet Under. And yeah, now he's on 911 or whatever. Yeah, and then he gets with Lauren Graham for a long time. And then she breaks up with him like the same week that... Also, um, they played siblings on Parenthood. That's fine. There's a long history of people who play <laughs> siblings having sex in real life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just look at We've talked about Dexter on this before. Oh, no, no, no. If you, were on six, if you were on Six Feet Under, chances are you fucked someone who played a sibling on... Travis, I said just show. look at porn. I was, I was making a step-sibling. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I will not sully my browser. Uh, sully my browser? Yeah, okay. Yeah. My pristine searches tree. And of course, Olivia anyway. Huffman had been around. She was in that one, literally the only episode of of uh, early edition shit that she's in, the first one. But it, it counts for us. 
Yeah. Oh, that's the other thing. Okay. I was like, maybe we did Desperate Housewives. I forgot. I was like, what else did she pop up on? But yeah, we get a, a you know kind of a decent enough setup of like, here's what Sports Night is. Uh, you've probably seen Sports Center. Now you're getting a behind the scenes look at what that's like. You know, that that rush of the like, this is airing live. Producer in the ear, classic thing. Also, if you've seen broadcast news, very similar kind of vibe. Like it is compelling. Uh, they're get they're just naming various NFL stadiums basically and being like we got the got this from there like whatever feed like to to get the highlights. Dan Rydell, Casey McCall. These are good names for sports guys. Yeah, yeah. Dan, Dan rather. And they look they look like Casey, fucking sports Casey. anchors. Like I don't know. I didn't buy it. when they high five later in the uh, episode. I didn't buy it. Too actory. That part. You could tell that they part, were theater yeah, definitely. people. <laughs> you could. <laughs> it's a, it's a little weird to high five sometimes in real life, you know. It t- it's yeah, but if off. you are a sports that- like bro, dude, you high five all the fucking time. What? This but is these like- aren't sports bro dudes. These are guys that went to Northwestern and work on TV. It's a different kind of sports <sighs> guy. Yeah, it's a different guy than a high fiving dude at a Buffalo Wild Wings. It's not that. They will jump through a table though, as a part of an assignment, if at a Buffalo game. That's yeah. the that's Although the difference. I think I think I read that the the Josh Charles character actually went to Dartmouth, but realistically, uh, everyone on the show either went to Northwestern or Syracuse. Yeah, and none of them shut up about it. Yeah, and they're completely completely obnoxious when uh, Northwestern makes it into the NCAA tournament, and then you have to unfollow a few of them, just like me on uh, Saturday when I unfollowed a bunch of people on Twitter because I forgot how many Knicks fans I follow until the Knicks do something, <laughs> and then I had to unfollow a bunch of people tweeting Jalen Brunson. So, um, but yes, they are uh, the number three sports network, CSC, um, but they have a oh, negative attitude. Three. They, so ESPN exists in this universe, of course, but they're just basically ESPN. And also did Disney own ESPN at this time? So that just makes it. So they're just doing kind of extra sports goofy. center then. No wonder it's not successful. They're just ripping they're off. Doing sports sports, they're competing with sports center by doing literally sports center. Yeah. Well, hey, and Fox, they're doing worse than Fox Sports. I was going to say Fox Sports tried this. What's the C? What, what's the CSC stand for? So the parent company in the show is called Continental Corp. So I'm going to guess Continental. it stands for uh, 1996. Yeah, 1996 is when Disney bought ABC. So okay, uh, so ABC is airing is airing a thing based on a property that they own that also in this universe competes with the property that they own. That sounds exactly like NBC later airing Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip, yeah. a television show about a fictional version of a program that is a direct competitor to seminal NBC program, Saturday Night Live. Aaron Sorkin has a like, highly a specific way, type. Is this just also a roundabout way to be like, to promote, like, we also have Sports Center, yes, so watch absolutely. this and be like, oh, I need to watch Sports Center at 11. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Fascinating. Um, Sorkin got the idea from watching TV while writing The American President. He was watching ESPN and found the humor and banter from the anchors, Dan Patrick and either Keith Kilborn or, uh, or sorry, Keith Olbermann or Craig Kilborn, uh, intoxicating and decided to create a comedy set in this world. Intoxicating. I'm intoxicated by Dan Patrick and his life that is spent entirely in fake man caves. What he meant um, to say was that he was intoxicated and watching <laughs> Dan Patrick. Who amongst us? <laughs> I would love that addendum if he's like, no, 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 it wasn't intoxicating. I was intoxicated. <laughs> like, 
And then like HuffPo Huff having to run that little note where it's like, at the top, ed- editor's note, this piece originally said he found it intoxicating. It was later changed to reflect that he was uh, suffering from substance abuse issues at the time. <laughs> he was reported to have earlier in the night slid down on his belly an entire bowling alley while snorting a line of cocaine that ran the entire <laughs> length of the bowling alley. <laughs> Or of the lane. Somehow he only knocked down seven pins. Uh, <laughs> During this period, he was reportedly dating. Uh, I don't know, Christian Chenoweth. <laughs> sitting there, sh- sitting there down. shaking, sitting there shaking, Christian Chenoweth being like, "I have to do another line. I got to pick up the spare." Like, <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> I can't. No, I have to do it. <laughs> Can you imagine shaking Christian Chenoweth? She would. She would. She's so immediately. And it's like shaking baby syndrome is a real thing. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, Travis. It's okay. I'm dating someone who's probably approximately the size of Kristen Chenoweth. So. Ah, come on. Oh, I know a black person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being accused of being... Uh, hey, hey, Kristen Chenoweth. short which is weird. Uh, Kristen Chenoweth no has reasons. an inch on, on your partner. On wow. Above or below? Above, for Above. sure. Okay. <laughs> Which means she's three inches shorter. <laughs> Come on, you know, everyone lies in Hollywood. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Well, I don't know, unless it's like a thing that no. kind of... Yeah, I think if you think were Christian Chenoweth, you you play up. You kind of nope. lead oh, into it. That's why you are. Still, yeah. You still lie. You still lie. It's not sports. Like, she doesn't have to get rebound. Tell that to Tom Cruise. Tell that to Tom Cruise and the apple crate he carries around everywhere so that he can seem normally sized. That's toxic masculinity. I don't know. I doubt Kristen Chenoweth lies about her height. Let Elizabeth Debicki be 6'5", people. Uh, yeah, so, um, She's I don't know. So tall. Um, they want to do a story on an ultra marathoner who has. They list the things, or not ultra marathoner, what? some distance runner from South Africa who's 41 years old and. Uh, was jailed for uh, protesting apartheid and his legs were broken and they say all of this and I nervously laughed because I was like Aaron come on uh, and then so, he has that guy set a world record time at the end of the episode and um, Peter Krause uh, makes a phone call Casey McCall makes a phone call to his son that is one of the worst calls I've ever seen acted uh, like yeah on a phone. <laughs> is, is Casey McCall the You're really one? Jumping around. Is Casey yeah. McCall the one who Grayson McCall's father, by the way, uh, Coastal Carolina legend? Um, was Casey McCall <laughs> the deal. one who was the one who's like sleeping in the office and stuff? Yes. Yeah. He's yes. going through a divorce. Yeah. Yeah. And he's his his Oberman rant that he goes on is about how. It, like we're jumping around here, I suppose. Yeah, this whole thing of like we're doing all these stories about the dang thugs. You know, the most Whoa. one of the most loaded words the out stu- there. Stupid! Like, we keep covering rant. guys that do crime. Guys, guys, guys who are heroes for my kids. Yeah, when I, which when it's I, like, uh, yeah. And again, it's so weird to be like these are the role models, and we're so. It's like I don't know, man. I remember learning about Ray Carruth getting his wife killed on sports on Sports Center, and I wasn't like I want to be that guy. <laughs> that seems bad. Well, you're very unique. Kids Everybody else stupid. saw it and wanted to be that guy. No, kids are. It's the same. It's the same yeah. argument of like video games and stuff. Yeah. you know, it's just, uh, it's just like, so yeah. It's. Do you think that is a? I don't know. Do you think Sorkin is speaking in that speech? Yes, I I think so. Probably. I think, or interpreting Oberman. Right. Yeah, I think kind, who is a kindred spirit of his, though. Definitely, in some ways. Yes and no. <laughs> they're both 
Grandiose motherfuckers. Yes. That's why I said yes and no. Again, Keith Olbermann has not done anything as good as write the social network. That's why I just went yes and no. Sorkin has not written anything as good as that Olbermann rant about Scott Brown that I think got his career at NBC cut short. Or the the American flag pose photo. <laughs> Sorkin um, could never. The time that he tweeted the time they tweeted at someone that he pwned them in the year twenty fifteen. <laughs> Um, Why do you know the year that that tweet happened? <laughs> I don't know. It's just a thing. Knowing the year a tweet happened is so that's Travis, wild. Ian. That is such yeah. a Travis thing. I could be wrong, but I just I just vividly remember Keith o- Like It's such an innocuous thing of Keith Oldman being like, that's when I pwned you. It's just so funny to picture this fucking 50-year-old man. Steven, do you want to reveal what you, you said earlier about the social network in a text message to me? Are you talking about my whole rant about movies that are probably good, but I didn't enjoy them that much? Well, yes, but what was the specific reason for why you don't enjoy such movies? Okay, uh, basically what I said was, there are movies on this earth that are supposed to make me feel things, and they do a good job, but that doesn't make me like them because I don't want to feel those things. Uh, and, and, yeah. uh, like, and like that's how I can acknowledge that a movie might be good and I don't like it. Like my my prime example is Uncut Gems because that made that movie made me so uneasy for the entire movie and I know that was the point, but I don't yeah. want that. I don't want to do it. Yeah. I don't want to do that. Right. So the social network's a bit subtler because at the end of the day I was like, oh, I, I liked it, but I didn't want to watch it again because the movie just made me feel like grimy and like uncomfortable the whole time and i was like i don't really Grimey. i didn't like this experience i don't really remember that being a very discomforting movie i yeah. mean having i mean i guess if like if trent reznor scored my life it would probably i'd probably be very discomforted but. yeah <laughs> uh, but not in like a fucking not grimy in like a fucking departed kind of way or whatever grimy and like a this is all like it's it's like everything just felt bad things that they were do all the decisions they were making i was like these things suck that they're doing them you know what i mean they just yeah. felt bad S- steven would never dr- have dropped the the that's really just made him <laughs> uncomfortable this does this does kind of illustrate in a way steven why sometimes one of your major criticisms of things is kind of boils down to if i was there it would have gone down differently yeah, like that's so, like I don't. I I I think I think accepting the separation between something being good and me liking it is something I really had to do to not like go crazy and, and like I don't know argue with people because it's like I don't know yeah. I just I don't need to want to feel I don't want to feel every way and it's weird because I love horror movies I like feeling scared but I don't like feeling like. But there's a distinction yeah. between a horror movie that's like a mean-spirited, make-you-feel-bad horror movie and like the fun of being a little bit scared for a thrill. Like I compare a horror movie that's like a roller coaster versus like somebody walking up to you and punching you in the face. Like that, those are two different ways to like get your heart rate up. See, but I generally like both of those. <laughs> like I oftentimes <laughs> like both of those types of horror movies. Yeah. The movies I don't like are stress movies. I don't like yeah. stress movies. Interesting. Probably my favorite thing in, in yeah. media is being, being stressed out. That's yeah, wild. Yeah, you love, you love Uncut Gems. I you love, love to Michael be put Clayton. through the fucking ringer, yeah, by a movie or a TV show. <laughs> you love when you're like, oh, man, it ain't going to fucking work out for this guy. Oh, boy, yeah. is it not going to work out. You love Succession. 
Breaking Bad is Breaking my favorite Bad. show of all time. Yeah, you, like, love, you yeah. love to be stressed out. That makes so much sense. You love to be grumpy <laughs> and stressed out, and you're never as happy as when something bad happens to somebody you dislike. Usually a sports <laughs> team. Usually Michigan. Actually, <laughs> the Michigan Wolverines football team. Which is why uh, Sports Night. Fun. Sports Night. Okay, sports other night. things that were happening. So, yeah, they had the meeting about the distance runner before that all happened. And there's the guy who's the mouthpiece for the network being like, no one wants to talk about this because no one cares about distance running, which is probably true. But they counter by being like, we're airing the thing. So yeah. it's really promoting our own programming. So we should probably put it on there. And then Casey is like, I'm going to put my fucking foot down your throat if you ever speak to me in the voice of the network again. And it's really weird. He put a, he put on the mask and uh, the back No one cared who he was until then, he did it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I like that uh, he tells the network guy to fuck off. And then the network guy talks to Dan and is like, so we think Casey's holding you down. And he's like, no, my intention is to work with a show with Casey. It can be here or it cannot be here. I don't care. And then like tells that guy to fuck off. And then the guy throws it to the editor. He throws it to fucking Robert Guillaume, who you would best know as Rafiki. And he's like, yeah. you can also <laughs> fuck off if you ever tell me to do my goddamn job. I'm a goddamn fucking newsman. I just love that everyone tells this one dude to fuck off. And I imagine that Sorkin is just like, the network can take that for making me put in a goddamn he's right, laugh yeah, track. That's a one hand. That's, that's writing a one handed, uh, uh, the script there yeah but absolutely yeah like is the background of the characters it's like they worked together in previous markets like they came yeah. to csc together yeah uh, uh apparently casey turned down an offer to replace letterman in 93 <laughs> nah sure. uh nbc letterman not yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Nah. as letterman left for the late show yeah when they were like um, i don't know we'll hire this simpsons writer i guess <laughs> so like now that i think about what actually happened it's not as ridiculous Aaron Sorkin presents talk show. Do you think Aaron Sorkin's done the Conan podcast? Do you think Aaron Sorkin has written a like a treatment for a script where people are very seriously discussing masturbating bear? I think in the year 3000, I do think the Aaron Sorkin scripted show about Jay Leno returning. I mean, scripted movie or like pen <laughs> oh, movie like about Leno, Jay Leno, Brian feud. Yeah. Returning to do that would be something that I'd be like, Guys, I don't know what to tell you. It's good. I can't <laughs> believe it. I'm going to see this. <laughs> like, I just, like, it's me shrugging, being like, yeah, like, Patton Oswalt gives a really amazing dramatic performance as Jay Leno. And, I, <laughs> wow, I was, I was so surprised by Glenn Howerton's performance as Conan O'Brien. Uh, I don't understand he's a good how. Pulse, yeah. But, boy, it's good. <laughs> he really got the string dance down. <laughs> uh,. Yeah, so they tell the network guy to fuck off, and it works, which is not reality uh, in any sense. Um, it's the magic then of television. Got Felicity Huffman as Dana, the competent producer, and she's trying to deal with like they recently someone left recently, so they're trying to f hire a new associate producer. Um, and they bring yeah. in this guy who cries about the Knicks, uh, and they do the interview where she's like, "What, you know, what's what sport are you strong at?" And he's like, "Football." And she's like, "Okay, let's talk basketball." And then he just keeps being like, "No, I don't want to. I don't want to talk basketball, football, hockey, baseball." So and stressed like, out. And then give us three things about that the Knicks need to contend. And this is the height of like extremely hideous basketball. Patrick Ewing, Anthony Mason, Nara Knicks. Yeah. Uh, that like went to the finals the next year, I think, as an eight seed, or possibly during this. Depending on when the show aired, exactly. It's the lockout season is when they did that, which is ninety nine. 
Um, um, so uh, this show aired, of course, uh, from 98 to 2000. So it's right before that. So it is, it is right as yeah. they're getting ready to compete. Actually, yeah. yeah, I guess it's that season. But they're like, they're a good team. And yeah, and he goes on this big rant where he's like, I've, I used would read any sports section of any newspaper that, that printed English or whatever. I've you know looked at the box scores. I could tell you about Patrick Ewing's field goal percentage and that if you put any pressure on Charlie Ward, he'll crumble. But then like he does all this and then they're like, okay, but give us three things that they need to do. And then he basically just says jargon. And they're like, that's like the thing before was good. Yeah. No, was that's... actually analysis. And he's like, uh, run the floor, improve their free throw percentage. Like Matt could say that if I asked him right now, the same thing and be fine. Like uh, Travis, can you text your dad right now and ask him what the Knicks need to do to comp- to contend? <laughs> uh, yeah. And then the distance runner sets a world record. And they all call it in, and everyone they get, cheers. They get they get it renewed. This is a very Excitement. realistic Casey calls the sun. It's, it's just crazy. like you got to watch it right now. This guy's just running. I'll explain it all to you soon. I'm gonna go be on TV, and if your mom lets it oh, lets it, you know, if it's okay with your mom, you can watch the first bit. But then I mean, they give you a signal, and you have to go to bed. And I he didn't communicate what the signal is, so I can only imagine it's him saying to his son, "It's time for you to go to bed." Which and if <laughs> and if and if there's any kids out here watching, it might be time for them to go to bed. Q laugh track. Q laugh track. No, this is how the laugh track would react if it were sports night. <laughs> I like how they alluded to OJ Simpson without saying out loud during the thugs rant. They were just like the biggest of them all, a double homicide in Brentwood in 1994. Yeah, they didn't want to get sued for libel or some shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean he got off. So, um, anyone got anything else to say about the first episode of Sports Night? It was fine. Yawn City. If it was 1998, uh, I would probably stick with this for a little bit longer. If it was 1998, I'm running in the streets, hooting and hollering because finally a show what about a show, a show about uh, sports, but from an intellectual perspective, just what I've always yeah. craved my whole life. Aaron Borkin. Grandland doesn't exist if it weren't for sports uh, night. I will not elaborate on this. Uh, no, I would not watch more Sports Night. Not in a million fucking years. Jeez. Okay. As you know, Bracket Challenge 2023. Yeah. Our beloved May <laughs> Madness. May Madness. May? <laughs> No, you can't do that. They'll sue us. So, we have four finalists uh, that I think we all agree equally. Um, and we can name them all right now. Represent, represent Other than Stephen. And represent... Uh, yeah, all right. Well, yeah, Travis, Travis, why don't, we, why don't we all announce our own? Travis, what is the show that most <laughs> represents you? Uh, coming in from the Upper East Side, it ran for several seasons on the CW, and then recently they did a revival on HBO that everyone hated, starring Blake Lively, uh, fucking, who else? Leighton Meester. Meester. <laughs> Penn Badgley. Chase Crawford. Uh, and 
this is I'm trying trying to do my best like final four introduction <laughs> yeah. voice thing here's like this is gossip girl <sighs> and then probably every you know, all i do is win win no matter what why would it just be the gossip girl theme song while they just storm no nope it's dj Khaled. as they as they storm the floor up against uh, next uh yeah the the, the competitor uh, matt yeah uh Coming in from, uh, I think, also New York City. I don't remember. Uh, On a network that I also don't remember. Running for question mark number of seasons. uh, Starring Edward Woodward. Four? Uh, One episode featured Jerry Stiller. I don't know if he was a recurring character on it. I think Ving Rhames was in that, too. (laughs) Yeah, Kings. Kings across the board. Um, Four seasons. Four seasons of... American classic, The Equalizer. Wow. Fucking, I'm shipping up to Boston is playing for some reason. (laughs) 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 I'm voting The Equalizer. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm going to announce all four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) 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 Uh, seven seasons, 144 episodes, early uh, performances by future stars Sarah Michelle Geller, Allison Hannigan, Seth Green, David Boreanis, and some other people like Nicholas Brendan, who Ian probably likes. Um, no, I hate Xander. <laughs> all right, well. Xander's <laughs> the worst. All right, I'm sorry. We got um, Spike. But you like Rupert, played by Anthony Stewart. Head? Is his last name Head? Some people um, are named that. Don't you remember Illinois guard Luther Head <laughs> on that team with Darren Williams? Anyway. <laughs> played for the Rockets later. Anyway. Uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, uh, directed by Joss Whedon. Who, written. Uh, oh, sorry. Written by. Written Television writers. By. Film directors. Easy way to remember when you know the creators. And Ian? Standing six foot five, weighing 280 pounds with a posse out of Seattle, Washington. Baby, I hear the blues are calling. And they're calling for you. It's Frazier. Frazier. You know him and you love him because you know him and you love him. And he's here He's here to win. He's here to I'm psychoanalyze. Uh, Welcome to the Jungle is playing. Is Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> no, it's, just, it's just an insane <laughs> cover. It is. To, it opens with like, oh, baby, I hear the blues are calling. And then like the bass calling, drop Calling, happens. calling, like, calling, calling. calling, calling. calling. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then it's a fucking, um, <laughs> then it's a goddamn Hudson Mohawk song. Yeah. Uh, like it's pi- uh, pitch shifted, you know, Kelsey Grammer singing. Hey, the blues are calling. Yeah, and just echoes out. There's a rap verse by Pusha T. <laughs> Starting as shooting guard, it's Maris. <laughs> I would love to hear just like, toss salad. <laughs> like it's a fucking <laughs> Tyler song. I'm the Frasier Crane of selling cocaine. Ugh. <laughs> you know. Pusha, who has not sold cocaine in decades. I love that we all are like, no, 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 no. He gets to still do it. Wouldn't it be so funny if he was, if he just was still just a regular <laughs> coke dealer? <laughs> he still was. Yeah, not, not even not like, like a big one, up, just a small. Just, 
a guy like, in the park. He is like, he's like, no, he's got like five people who he still sells cocaine to. Like, he's just like, you're grandfathered in. I'll never stop. No, no, no. Yeah, you, you go to the park, you're like, is that Pusha T selling cocaine? Uh, we love you, Push. We love you so much. Um, <laughs> yeah, he anyways, pays the cops my... so much money just because this brings his, him joy. So he can forget <laughs> he, ra- he raps for money. He sells cocaine <laughs> yeah, for love. He, yeah, he doesn't actually make money because of how much he has to bribe the cops not to arrest him. Um, I uh, I have my votes for both matchups because yeah, it's Matt too. versus Travis and it's me versus Steven, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I have a sealed ballot in my brain. Yeah. And then we can tally after that. I voted Equalizer Frazier. And I voted Buffy Gossip. I also voted Equalizer Frazier. Equalizer Buffy. Oh, okay, so... <laughs> Ooh. Equalizer moves on. <laughs> Equalizer's in the finals, but how? Equalizer's in the finals. Equalizer's gonna win. It's the show that epitomizes this podcast <laughs> is the Equalizer, and having a fun time with the Equalizer. I really can't it, argue it was, against that. It did a lot of. It like really rode being everyone's like fifth favorite show <laughs> to all the way to the end. <laughs> so okay, so how do we pick? How do we? What do we do? What do we, we do vote here? for the equalizer through and through. We just give <laughs> yeah, it the no, championship. Yeah, no, but like, bah, bah, runner-up matters. You know, who who wins the battle between vampires? Could, you could and argue. Should I have to Fraser? abstain from Fraser Buffy because I didn't watch the Buffy episodes and wasn't on it? No, you can still pick. There's nothing that says Retainted. you have to abstain. Yeah, I voted on all of the. I voted for a ton of shows that I didn't watch in the uh, original run of the brackets. <laughs> what do you want to do, Ian? Do a, some sort of like number picking or. Coin number flip picking. We should have found a way to crowdsource this. Travis, probably. pick a number between 1 and 25. 17. No! What are you doing? <laughs> what do you mean? He did the he thing did you the asked. He did the thing you asked. Yeah, what do you... I what? don't understand. He did exactly what I hadn't what even it. gotten through the whole thing of it. <laughs> and I just love the idea of like, hey, we want to figure out some way to do it. And I was like, okay, we'll pick a number. And then Travis announces what the number is. Oh, okay. Sorry. You want me to think, think of a number between number. 1 and 25. I, I bet it's you seventeen. Be more specific. <laughs> Fuck off! I have I have changed it from seventeen. Now he has it. Okay, now now <laughs> it's good compelling stuff because now Stephen and I are both like, what if it is still seventeen? We're gonna psych each other out. We have to get it exactly, Stephen. Because right, it's not game. fun if it's closest. Because then that's one yeah, guess. No, but if we're here it. for three minutes as we just can't get the okay. one number, and who gets to go first? Matt, pick a number between one and ten. <laughs> <laughs> but this is up down. Who's ever closest on this one gets to go first. Right. Wait, who goes first on this then? I I defer to you, Steven. You can go first on the mat guess. Six. Fuck. That's right in the middle. Shit. Closest without going over? Fuck. One. <laughs> no. Matt, no, my number? guess is one. It was two. Alright. Ian, you get to go first. Seventeen. Travis? Travis. Travis What's your guess? No. No, 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 no. It's not 17. I thought you were both giving your guesses, and I tell you which one's closer. No, no, no. no we we're, have guessing, to... we're guessing until listen... we get your number, Travis. Do you listen to me? That wasn't a question you're supposed to be silent I'm... on. <laughs> I, no, I wasn't listening because I thought you guys were trying to decide who would pick my number first after picking Matt's. Yeah. What do you want me to do? <laughs> Listen to the <laughs> podcast that we're doing that involves you. What 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 is the Twitter post you're reading right now? 
blank. Read the tweet aloud. Home screen. Home screen. You're just looking at your home screen. <laughs> I had Insta- <laughs> open Instagram for five seconds. I opened Instagram <laughs> and then didn't click on anything. <laughs> right, Travis, the way it works is you guess a, you're picking a number, and, tra- and Ian and I are going to guess individual numbers until one of us gets the number. Every time we say a number, you either have to say yes or no, as in that is my number or that's not my right. number. It's not 17. I said right. that. Okay, just 11. And then I was waiting for you to guess, and then, I, and then he was like, you and know, you have to say one. We had now. a laugh. 11. Okay, it's not 11. Two. It is not two. Nine. No. <laughs> Four. No. Twenty-three. No. <laughs> Thirteen. No. Sixteen. No. <laughs> Seven. No. Three. No. <laughs> 25. No. 10. Nope. One. You really made this too wide. It's not one. No, we did a perfect job. (laughs) We've done a perfect job. 18. Nope. Ian, Ian, you haven't been writing down, you haven't been writing down numbers, right? Because I feel like that's cheating. No, it's not. It's not cheating to eliminate the numbers that have been said. No, but memory is a part of this. Cheating. Memory is a part of this. Cheating. No, it's not. Why not? <laughs> That's, That's not more fun. You this is a game it down. of Doesn't skill. Doesn't mean I'm cheating. Uh, <laughs> that also doesn't mean that I have the guarantee of anything. I just know not to repeat. Yeah, and I don't. It would have been way more fun if we repeated. It's you know it. Well, there's still the possibility. You can still repeat, dude. It's gonna be fun when you repeat three times and still beat me. <laughs> Um, eight. That was no. the one I had. Fuck. Five. Nope. Nineteen. No. Jesus. <laughs> it's really gonna be like the the twenty fifth <laughs> choice at this point. Twenty. No. Twenty one. No. Twelve. No, and I believe that was said. Fuck. No, it wasn't. Okay. Twenty two. No. How? <laughs> I swear to God, you guys have not landed on it. <laughs> this is apparently the most esoteric number there is. Who knew? I really feel like we guessed 15. It is not 15. <laughs> Travis, is getting, Travis is getting hammy. He very rarely gets hit six. <laughs> it's not that either. Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> Have we said uh, one? I thought better to a Big Ten player was hard. But apparently, it's just <laughs> picking a number between one twenty-five. It's Have we said one? You have said one, I believe. <laughs> better know a Big Ten. the The best one of those was when there was no prompt. <laughs> it's just I'm thinking of a player. Just no. name, I'm just thinking of someone. <laughs> What if my hint was if I told you which of VH100 no. artists of Artists of Hard no. Rock this is? <laughs> Ian, is there only one number left? Uh, I'm figuring that out right now. In fact, because I was just writing down what the numbers were. I didn't have a system. Is it 14? 
It is 14. <laughs> deep cut. Deep cut number. So a, n- a number I associate with you know football, uh, Soundgarden. The good news uh, is this is all recorded, so we can find <laughs> out if that was the last <laughs> number. Um, it wasn't, but it was close. By my calculation, uh, it was we were down to 14, 19, and 24. I'm pretty sure I said 19, Ian. Oh, you're right. We had 24. I'm almost certain I said 19. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just I overlooked that in the one. So we had 24, 24 and 14. 14. <laughs> we got 22 consecutive wrong guesses. 23. 23 consecutive wrong guesses. Looking like the dang uh, Rockets in that one conference finals game. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sports. Congrats to Buffy the Vampire Slayer for moving on to the championship against the Equalizer. Champions, sell me on your show. Uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I think, is your favorite show, Ian. It's <laughs> not my favorite show. I do love the show. I do like selling that to Ian of, this is your favorite show. <laughs> <So> <laughs> pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> like me during the period where Stephen would be like, what is my favorite movie? And I was like, it's Independence Day. <laughs> that's not how And you're like, if you define favorite as movie. If you define favorite as movie, I most want to watch at I'm any gonna, point. I'm going to vote for The Equalizer, so it's fine. The Equalizer doesn't really need much of a sales pitch. It I mean, Edward Woodward, Jerry Stiller, police procedural. Just simply stating the facts about it, and I mean, you already understand why it's a champion. As I, uh, as I said, the Equalizer is the better embodiment of this podcast. I agree with that. I had seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I would never have watched the Equalizer were it not for this project. Travis, would you like to make it unanimous? <laughs> Consider the odds not evened at all. The Equalizer <laughs> dominating here instead. <laughs> Good luck to you and good luck to the Equalizer. (laughs) As we all expected going in, the best show we've covered is definitely the Equalizer. (laughs) (laughs) We all said it during the episode. We were like, this show's unstoppable. Easily the best (laughs) of the form. We are all over the moon discussing it. You can just listen to the episode and our joy is overflowing. Infectious. Our joy is we found the show intoxicating much like aaron sorkin <laughs> found sports center when he was watching it while writing uh uh, uh american president the show that would later go on to basically become the west wing and in the finale of sports night as soon as i saw the fucking titles in latin i was like i fucking hate you aaron <laughs> i see yep. like i get that it wasn't just like a thing people said but oh man this was not it could be worse. Did you know that Aaron Sorkin ends the first season of all of his television shows? With Where Are We have... Going? No, that's not the name of the, sh- the episode, no. It's um, What Kind oh. of Day It's Been. But every single... The first season of... I think it's What Kind Stupid of Day is it? Kind of, what Kind of Day It's Been. That's the first season of Sports Night, West Wing, Studio 60. He should change it up with something cool like Tabula Rasa. <laughs> How many episodes called Tabula Rasa has Aaron Sorkin directed or written? <laughs> Is he even a TV writer if he hasn't done that? Is there a show called Tabula Rasa? Travis, talk no, about the so. episode. 
Talk about this episode. Uh, uh, okay. While so, I figure out if Aaron Sorkin has ever written a television episode called Tabula Rasa. The, <laughs> the episode is called Quo Vadimus, uh, and it gets its name from a holding company that is buying the network. But everyone is like, Quo, what is it called? Platypus? An Italian airline? It's an Italian airline, yeah. Quo, Quo Vadimus, and no one knows what they want. Are they going to cancel the show, or are they just buying the network? Everyone's fearing for their jobs. Uh, this is a timeless story, I think, in media uh, that we still see today on TV or otherwise. Uh, but everyone's freaking out. And Dana keeps going to this bar on her lunch break. A bar and, that uh, is definitely a bar. A, a, it's absolutely it's a real bar. A real bar it's and not what, what appears to like. be a, a, a small section of a airline bar, like, <laughs> a, like an airport bar that has just been chopped up and put in a goddamn soundstage. There's yeah, definitely and, real windows. And the only other person that's ever there when she has l- gets lunch is a guy with a similar level of charm to, like, I don't know, Kevin Spacey in Seven, uh, <laughs> who's just there as the stranger. I uh, like Clark Gregg. I like yeah. Clark Gregg. Yeah. yeah, of course. He is a he is an enjoyable presence in some things. He was giving off I have killed before energy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's a mysterious man who's always there when Dana's there. And she's like, what's your fucking deal? And gets her a drink and he talks about how he's lived in many places. I would love if the reveal was that this character had like a supernatural element to it, but he's just a weird I feel fucking like Aaron, guy. Aaron Sorkin but, is somebody who would be like fundamentally suspicious of a supernatural element. Yeah, <laughs> similar. I, I similar to how I I could feel that vibe coming off of Keith Olbermann as well. The the newsroom season three had a ghost dad. Matt, do you know what he just did? Like literally his most recent project no, at the time I have of no this idea. recording. He did the revival of Camelot. Huh. So what? Yeah. <laughs> so he's literally doing the thing. He's doing. He he did the. He has written the revival. That is, you know, the adaptation of the Once and Future King. So he is he is out there handling the Ur uh, uh, magician, the Ur wizard, Merlin. That is wild. Why does Merlin? Why does Merlin keep referencing Stephen Sondheim? Uh, I'd love so, that version. <laughs> is that what that BBC show was that I saw is one episode TV, was and made uh, me want to die? The TV show Merlin that we will watch someday is. I don't think so. I but, swear to God. <laughs> Uh, anyway, but yeah, the stranger just like, I don't know. He's trying to talk her through like her job stress. And he's like, the one thing you can say to your, that I say to myself is where are we going or where do we go? Try saying yeah, where like do we go know. to comfort yourself. That David Bowie song, right? Where do we go now? Wah, 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 yeah. wah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sweet child of mine. Where do we go now? Uh, and she's like, well, that was weird. Uh, anyway, I'm leaving. Leaves her full glass back. of wine on the table. Yeah, leaves full glass of wine there. I do like when she's like, he's like, what are you reading? It's like, it's, and then she looks at the cover and he's like, you don't know what you're reading. You're not in the moment. You have to look at the cover to tell me what you're reading. And you're just like, what is this? What is your energy, dude? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can really didn't like him. Yeah, bad Chill guy. out. I don't know you like that. I don't even know your name. His sideburns were cut so cleanly, Burns. they looked like razor sharp. 
(laughs) (laughs) You could cut diamonds on that shit. (laughs) Yeah. I loved it. I don't know. It was very like anime uh, sideburns to have to me. Uh, Yeah. They they were the weirdest sideburns that I've ever like seen outside of anime. Like anime, obviously weirder. Anime. 15 year old Matt Ciani. Oh, those were good. Yeah. I'm really glad that Clark we all agree because I, I was really worried that was going to be one of those things that I say looked weird and you're all like, what the fuck are you talking about? No, they were weird like, sideburns. This, side this, this guy had like a weird Rob Corddry <laughs> energy. Who Who is Craig Craig Bob or whatever He's his Agent name is? He's Agent Coulson in the uh, MCU. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Craig Bob. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's a- Agent Phil Coulson. What's his name? These guys. He's in a Clark Greg. shit, though. Clark Gregg. Yeah, he's I've seen that him. Guy, yeah. When you're named Clark Gregg, that's a character actor ass name. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. You can't be a leading man with that. Um. So, Dana goes back. They're 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 trying to film an episode of Sports Night. Uh, but everyone is like sullen. Because they all think they're losing their jobs. Everybody's telling everybody who's buying the network. Right, goodbye. Yeah. What's going to happen? We don't know. This thing called Quovatimus. And then the producer guy who had cried about the Knicks the first episode is like, oh, that means where do we go? Uh, oh, you skipped Latin. so much. There was the most awkward. What else happened at all? Uh, there was I, the I most truly, awkward kiss this in the history of TV. There was when When Pam Casey. from Meet the Fockers kisses... Oh yeah, Terry Polo shows up. Yeah. Right, I forgot. The, yeah, the whole thing is that Dan's ex uh, is back in town. He gets hit with a ladder. He gets hit with the head of the ladder. That does happen. Yeah, she's going through a divorce. Casey and your man are like, one of them's like, you can find work somewhere else. I'm out of the sports casting business. And then he's not. There really is, yeah. Okay, I, we love to do this. We love to blitz through the finale. There really is just like, Very oh my god! Happened. So I mean, they, the they definitely did try to close it out the way a TV show gets closed out. And I will give credit to them in this one case. It did not feel like I was at church. So good job to them. <laughs> this is the least Protestant ending. Yeah, thankfully, th- this is one of the like part of the thirty-three percent of shows that we watch that miraculously do not feel Protestant in trying to close out all their characters. Anyway, yes. Lynette Scavo gives a speech in front of the writer's room. Yeah, and then she's like, oh yeah, it's uh, Latin for where's it going, and then she runs out of the room. Yeah. Because the guy had said, where's it going? What earlier. I like to ask my staff when we fail is where's it going? And then we go. he's like, yeah, I bought the show. I bought the network. I'm keeping the show on. Is it where's it going? Isn't it night? where are we going? Where do we go? Where do we go? It's also revealed he made he made his money by making hard disks small. That's his claim what? to fame. That's what they say. Yeah, he's like, you made big like, hard disks small. used to be big, and now they're small because of this guy. His real name is like, I keep wanting to call him Chris Traeger. That's from Perks and Rec, but it's like not that dissimilar is, yeah. to that. Um, but that's where he made his billions. It he's is... Calvin Traeger, that's why. Okay, Calvin yeah, Traeger. very close. And he dropped yeah. eighteen. He dropped eighteen bill on the network, and it's like, yeah, I'm keeping sports night. You should be Let's able to make money. Imagine what is, your, sports what is your name? What is your is your name? Is your is your, is your name? Right. She came in and, and housed his gin martini. Yeah, that's right. I, who hasn't done that before? Thinking it was water, especially. Yeah, yeah. I do like when um, he was like, "That's a gin martini." She goes, "I know that now." <laughs> anyway, and then he's like, "I'm gonna keep your show going." And she, you're keeping she, your job. And yeah, while she's, she's been over 19, here, they've been okay. Go ahead. In 1985, 
Capital City Communications bought ABC for $3.5 billion. Mm-hmm. Trump so changed. $18 billion 15 years later. Yeah, it was like, how much did Disney acquire ESPN for? Like, That was what I just told you. Oh, that was... Oh, okay. Because ABC owned ESPN. Right. Yes. Right. Okay. They so, bought ABC and ESPN for $3.5 billion. Right. Okay. And this guy's <laughs> this guy's dumb as fuck. Just sports? Yeah, this dude got fucking nailed. Shout out to the I mean, this is right for like dot com bubble and yeah, this is stupid. And he's like, you should get out of the money making business if you can't make money with sports highlight show. And Twitter cost forty three billion dollars. Yeah. So <laughs> also fucking stupid as hell. Somewhere somewhere between all of this is the real valuation. And I don't know how to do math. Maybe if you just sit here and you just keep guessing numbers between uh, 18 billion, 44 billion, <laughs> you'll eventually settle on the right one. Do you remember Stephen explaining to us that as a child, he thought that there was a certain point when you would agree that that number would, was something yes. that was like, yeah. If you ask somebody in a binary sense, whether a number was a big number one by one, Eventually, they'd have to say yes, which would mean that, like, like you know, 41 was not a big number and 42 was. And I thought it drove me nuts when I was yes. a kid. Yeah, he talked about that. He said, I used to like thinking about this as a kid. And then I believe I said, I didn't. That sounds like a dumb thing to have been thinking about, which I think was probably the most distilled me moment that I've had on this podcast. Sports night. Sports night. It's they get to keep the show. Uh, they keep going in this universe. Keep on being the third best thing until they're eventually crowded out by fucking the best damn sports show period or something. And they, <laughs> I don't know. Big noon Saturday. <laughs> they're eventually turned in. It's eventually turned into a take smithing show. And Grayson McCall. We can fill it out in all the fan and all the sports night fanfic that is surely out there. Casey uh, McCall rallying against you Stephen did say A. Grayson Smith the first the time. I did say Grayson the first time. Um, what can I say? We just love Coastal Carolina. He, he pisses deal. Go Chanticleers. <laughs> I need to see a Let's doctor about that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Really? And weird, that, was, really that was sports, that was sports yeah. night. The finale is so... It's just like... It is funny to watch a finale of a show where they're... stupid fucking guitar some more, and that's about it. But it, <laughs> Sorry, it, it is fun to watch the finale of a show where the finale of the show is like, and the show continues, and like in reality, it didn't. And thank God it didn't, because yeah. it was dog shit. Really bad Right, show. were they writing... Was it unclear if it was getting canceled? And so this was his way to, yeah, do, to have it both yeah. ways? Yeah, kind of. And then he was also, way. like, on to his next project also. I wish it had like, said to be continued the West the Wing. <laughs> yeah. Um, he declined all the offers because they were like, oh, you can move the show. And he's like, no, 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 no. I have already aired... The I first, already made money. like the West Wing first to drastically alter the brains of a bunch of aspiring <laughs> politicos. Yeah, his true legacy. The West Wing is a show that is like relatively compelling, all things considered. That has one of the most negative impacts of a television. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's fine as a show, but like I can't yeah, escape like it's, the Obama era watching it. It's this weird liberal fantasy where like the conservatives aren't terrible and compromise is the ultimate ideal because that makes for like more compelling television right and then a bunch of people watched it and were like that's what we should aspire for no, they, it and wasn't even that they were like world. that's what it's really like 
that's what it's really like. No, yeah, right. It, it was an aspirational thing. Its viewers were like, that's what it is. Uh, I don't necessarily even agree that it's more compelling to have compromise than to have people trying to crush each other, though. I mean, I mean, like in, I don't know. in the show, because like what's, you have what's that, that sort of thing show later that everybody really loved with the guy who turned out to be the worst man ever. House of Cards. Uh, House of Cards. Thank you. Potentially, oh, well, that's as many have said. The real, but the real most accurate show was Veep, uh, as we all know. Yes. It always was. It sucks that House of Cards is an internet video because I would, I do want to pick it, but I don't okay. want to talk about we Spacey, will. but I do. I do want to talk about David Fincher all the time. Like, that's all I ever want to do. The Finch man. I want to talk about how David Fincher said everyone's a pervert because he was right. But we don't get to do that. We prove it here every what week on As week, You Know. Everybody? What do we have next week? Travis, right? Uh, it's my Travis. choice, I believe. Yes. Yes. Um, so, it goes, I Travis, am Matt, deciding Steven, between me? T- yeah. I'm signing between two shows that have terrible titles. Do you want to watch one that was on uh, cable or on a network? Just pick. Uh, cable. I hate cable. these games that people bring to it. Cable. I disagree. Games are great. I love every game. In that case, next week we will be discussing Masters of Sex. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> woo! Oh, no. Let's talk about sex, baby. <laughs> Let's talk about you and me. <laughs> I don't think I want to watch Masters of Sex. Well, who here knows the least about Masters of Sex? Which of you has mastered sex the least? <laughs> <laughs> Do we need to provide references in that one? <laughs> no, but I'm also now picturing Jim Nance saying, The Masters of Sex. Of Sex! <laughs> Hello, friends. As you enter, Stephen, have you watched any Masters of Fuck Sex? Dungeon. I have not watched a single episode of Masters of Sex. I haven't Same. watched Masters of Sex, but I can name its network and its two stars. I can do neither of those things, Stephen. But also, it's been a minute since I've I've done any of these. I, so if you want to throw it to me, I, I don't care. I did last week, so maybe Matt. I'm throwing it to Ian. I don't I don't have any any like anything funny to say about it. So I'm just gonna be mumbling through it. All right, someone put 30 seconds on the clock and let me know when to start. All right, three, two, one, go. All right, Masters of Sex was an, a, uh, a Showtime series of course. that was about um, uh, people who did like sexuality studies, and they were played by uh, Michael Sheen and Lizzie Kaplan, uh, Travis's big crush, Lizzie Kaplan, and I'm pretty sure... The reason the show is called Masters of Sex is because Michael, Sh- or sorry, uh, yeah, Michael Sheen's character, his last name That's time. is Masters. That is all correct. Um, ah! Yeah, <laughs> I remember learning that Masters of Sex was like a pun like that. Yes, dumb, and getting mad, <laughs> and then learning that he's like a real guy and getting madder, <laughs> <laughs> like. Like, every part of that where I was like, oh, fuck off. And then I learned that. And I was like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> um, and so we're going to talk about sex. I hope you guys are ready. I'm ready. We always talk about sex. We've never talked about sex on this show. We're going to talk about our sex lives. I hope everyone's <laughs> ready. I, I, I don't know what Masters of Sex is going to be like. I just th- I can see this. I can see this happening. 
and I'm preparing the audience. My dad said he listens to one out of every three yeah. of these podcasts, so I, I don't and know. And your dad we're, does we're, love Showtime original we're, shows. We're probably not going to talk about our sex lives, if I'm being honest, but we will talk about sexology. Sexology. Going to talk about the Kinsey scale, but that's all next week. Right now, we got to do the wrap-up. we got to thank you for listening. Tell a friend. Just do it. Leave a review. Do that, too. Sometimes I meet a new person, and they say they're going to listen. Do they listen? I don't know. They never send me messages about it. Because they're now intimidated by you because of the quality of the product that you produce. Fair. And that, the reason for that quality, the reason for that quality is a credit to you, our producer, Matt Ciani. Matt Iciani. Matt Iciani. That's right. I'm Wonderful typing all this shit into like AI generation voice uh, technology. <laughs> this is all in my mind palace. Which, which thing? The whole podcast? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we are all in Matt's mind palace. It's weird. Of all of the people you'd expect to have the mind palace that we all exist in, you wouldn't pick Matt. And yet. I might pick um, Matt. Travis, did you pick this show because Josh Charles was also on it? So you can just link No, but I noticed that earlier when I was looking at who besides Michael Sheen and Lizzie Kaplan were on it. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. We'll Maybe we should have a challenge year where you have to pick a show with a, an actor that was in the last show. You know I'm going to fuck your shit up if, if you do that. <laughs> You know I'm going to send you somewhere insane. <laughs> it's kind of beautiful. That's the fun of it. We're going to go through uh, everyone in Canada. <laughs> Steven, can you send us home? Can you bring us home? What do you do? <laughs> I don't remember anymore. If you can't make money off of, as you know, you need to get out of the money-making business.